Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Welcome pet parents of senior dogs. I am so thrilled to have you here. I hope you guys are having a great week. I've had a really busy couple of weeks at the clinic here in Charlotte, and it's been great because I've seen so many of my favorite patients. But honestly, I've been really excited to get the chance to come on here and talk with you guys some more about senior dogs. We are just coming off of an episode where we discuss the topic of chronic pain in senior dogs. And if you haven't listened to that yet, you're going to want to because that is an episode that can be really jaw-dropping for a lot of owners with this hidden world of chronic pain that our senior dogs experience but have real difficulty in communicating to us. One of the best pet parents who no longer lives here in Charlotte reached out to me about her dog, Oliver, who is a senior beagle. And he's not just any beagle, he's a mini beagle. And you guys, he's kind of shaped like a potato. (laughs) So my nurse, Alyssa, and I lovingly call him the potato beagle. So his mom reached out to me after she listened to the Chronic Pain podcast and told me a story about how at one point in Oliver's life, she had noticed some subtle oddities. Like a couple of times when he'd chew on a bone, he'd yelp, but then he'd continue to gnaw like everything was all right. Over a few months, he eventually stopped wanting his bones altogether. It was odd, and so she figured he was going through a phase and would place his bone by his bed sometimes just in case he wanted it. Oliver would ignore the bones until one night he went a step further and picked up the bone and dropped it by the cabinet where they came from. When his mom would put it back by his bed, he would carry it back to the cabinet as if to say, get this thing away from me, put it back. So she made him an appointment with her vet and her vet did a dental on Oliver and he had eight teeth that needed to come out. And I talk about these really subtle clues that you get from pets and they are so small in the scheme of their day, but it is these subtle clues that we have to look out for for chronic pain. And what we suspect is that Oliver had chronic pain related to those teeth. I so appreciated her sharing that story with me. And if you guys want to see more signs of chronic pain as related to arthritis or dental disease, please go to my website and download the free PDF I created for you guys. Today, I want to dive into something that I think would just be really valuable for most owners of senior dogs, and that is covering the topic of anesthesia in our older pets. This is something that many owners struggle with. And so if you're struggling with this now or have struggled with it in the past, just know you're not alone because I get a lot of questions about this every day in practice. And so I thought you guys might like to hear me share my perspective on anesthesia in senior dogs. As you can imagine, this topic has a lot of angles, and so we will have future podcast episodes addressing more of this topic, but today our focus is going to be on three simple considerations that I want each of you to remember when you have a procedure recommended to you that requires anesthesia for your senior dog. The truth is that nearly every senior dog will face a procedure at some point, and doing them is often in the best interest of the pet, but I don't think that makes the decision any easier because it all comes down to one thing for us as pet parents. We are scared to make the wrong decisions for our pet. That is a fear that I see halt many amazing pet parents in the middle of decisions. And it is a lot of pressure that we place in ourselves, especially when you consider the fact that nearly every decision we make for our pet carries some sort of intrinsic risk. The first thing to acknowledge is that senior dogs are different. Senior dogs have age-related disease processes and also have some physiological decline in various systems in their body, which comes along with aging. This physiological decline can affect the way they handle anesthesia and is why they really cannot be considered the same as their younger counterparts when undergoing anesthesia. As a whole, veterinarians are actually very good at taking this into account when recommending procedures. 
Despite this, the majority of healthy senior pets do well with anesthesia, and I hope that hearing that gives you some relief. Again, the majority of healthy senior pets do well with anesthesia. Because of that, we do not consider a pet's age as a good reason to avoid a procedure in a healthy senior dog. So what are good reasons to avoid anesthesia with senior dogs and where are the risks? In general, the risks when we anesthetize our dogs are more closely related to the health status of that dog and the procedure that is being done than the anesthesia itself. And guess what? If you are the owner of a senior dog, your pet is more likely to have health risks. And so discussing these and screening for them with your veterinarian is way more important at your dog's age now than it ever was in the past. And I'll talk about what I mean by that later in the show. The risk with a diabetic dog who is also immunocompromised with Cushing's and has a heart murmur is higher than the risk of an otherwise healthy senior dog whose only health issue is a little bit of arthritis. The same is to be said that the risk of doing a procedure like a liver mass removal is higher than doing a dental cleaning where you're just in the oral cavity. In general, the risk is actually related to your pet's overall health and the procedure that is being done more so than the anesthesia. Let's launch into three tips for senior dog anesthesia. Tip number one, think of anesthesia in terms of risk and benefit because you need to analyze both together. So the first thing to know is that anesthesia provides us both a risk and a benefit, and it's important to analyze both sides of it when making decisions for our older pets. More often than not, I see a lot of owners getting stuck in the risk part and frozen in fear over their decision for their pet, and I understand that completely. I have felt that very fear before, just like you, and I'm going to give you guys an example of a decision I had to make on my own senior dog that I lost about a year ago. I'm going to try not to get emotional because she was really special to me. But about six months after I lost Frodo, who was my soul dog, an old geriatric Maltese that I named Bon Bon showed up in my life. To give you guys a visual of Bon Bon, she was 14 years old, about seven pounds, and as happy as can be. She wore a pink bow in her hair at all times and her tongue hung out. I almost named her Blanche like on the Golden Girls, but I decided not to and ultimately landed on Bon Bon. If you're interested, you can go to my Instagram profile and check out my highlights because I have tons of videos of her. When Bon Bon came to me, she had so many health problems, so many that her previous owners surrendered her and thought she was just too old. She had a loud heart murmur, collapsing trachea. She had never been spayed at age 14. She had mammary tumors because she was never spayed. She had dental disease so bad that it had disintegrated the bones on one side of her face. She had arthritis and really bad knees. So when she walked, she kind of swayed like a pirate. This little girl had every reason to give up. But you want to know what? I've never met a creature with more spirit or love for life than Bon Bon. She loved her life, despite her circumstances, and when I adopted her, I was really mindful of the risk-benefit ratio for bonbons. So hopefully you can hear, I did not exactly describe bonds as a pillar of health. This adorable creature had some things going on, and the truth is that she truly needed multiple procedures to correct all of them. Medically, the diseases she had were severe enough to give me concern for doing even one procedure on her. However, those same diseases were looming, and I knew if I did not address them, I would take away her chance to be comfortable. So after weighing the options and asking myself what were the consequences if I did not move forward with a procedure, I decided to do just one procedure on her to fix her most pressing issues, and that's what we did. I had the help of one of my amazing colleagues, Dr. Anderson, from my last practice, who took this on, and we got nearly two more years with Bonbon, who had the best golden years. 
I think Bonbon is a little bit of an extreme example, and she actually had higher risks than the majority of senior dogs that I do surgeries on. One of the first truths that we need to understand with anesthesia is that it's a double-edged sword because it comes with risks, but it comes with great benefits too. But the truth of it is that there's even a risk for myself if I was to go under anesthesia. However, anesthesia allows us to do really amazing things that I would not be able to do otherwise. We can remove cancers and painful teeth. It allows orthopedic surgeons to fix fractured legs or radiation oncologists to target tumors for treatment. It is an amazing modality, and with this amazing modality comes risks that we need to accept and be aware of. So the first truth is just to be aware that anesthesia presents risks, but also presents amazing upsides for our dogs. You'll want to ask yourself why a procedure is being recommended. Is it to help reduce chronic pain for your pet? Because that's a very worthy goal. What is your pet's current quality of life and anticipated lifespan? Weigh these questions against the risks, which is something to discuss with your vet who knows your pet's health history. This brings me to our next tip, which is you are not alone. You have an ally. Your vet and your veterinarian hospital team are your ally. We are on your side. We want things to go well so badly that if I think something will not go well, I will tell you. I've talked a lot about this in previous blogs, but having a vet in an animal hospital that you trust is the number one thing you can do for your senior dog because you have set up automatic allies for you and your pet. Going in twice a year helps establish that relationship with them, and it also helps get the senior pet the care they need. If you don't feel like you have a vet that you can trust, then find one. There are so many great vets out there, guys, and there will definitely be one or two that you will feel at home with. And making sure you love the animal hospital is important as well. So to help you, I want you to take a deep breath and know that the decision you are trying to make should be made as a team with your veterinarian. That is how I approach all of my procedures with senior pets. It is me, that pet, and their parents, and we together make a decision for what is in the pet's best interest. There are times where I'm not encouraging anesthesia, and there are times where I do. I'll give an example of a time when I did not recommend anesthesia, and that was for a 15-and-a-half-year-old geriatric dog who I'll call Sebastian that came in to see me. Sebastian couldn't walk very well on his own. He couldn't see. He had evidence of dementia, and he had a very loud heart murmur. He also had very severe dental disease that I really wanted to fix, but his health status and current quality of life wasn't very good. I was fearful he would not make it during a dental, and I advised against it given his circumstances. Tip three, do the recommended screening for your senior dog. This is so important, especially in our seniors who are in a demographic where they are more prone to disease. Often, when we're doing anesthesia on a senior dog, we have some other health issues that are occurring, and health issues are an extra consideration we must take for our senior pets prior to putting them under anesthesia. Senior pets are in a demographic where they are more likely to have things like cancer, and so doing things like chest x-rays or abdominal x-rays is in some cases a very important part of making sure they're healthy on the inside as they look on the outside. I'll give an example of Amber, who is an older beagle that I see. Amber is a relatively healthy 13 and a half year old beagle. And in fact, the first time I met Amber was during Christmas of 2018. And I worked her in for an emergency appointment because Amber had jumped up on her family's dinner table and eaten 12 Hawaiian rolls and some Christmas ham that her family had wanted to eat, but Amber had gotten to beforehand. 
So this countersurfing beagle came in with some vomiting and diarrhea, and we were able to get her feeling better in a couple of days. Since then, Amber's been coming in for countless things for the past year or so, but every time she comes in, I've been concerned about her teeth, and one tooth in particular, which looks like it might have some exposed roots and be painful. And so we are ready to do a dental on her now. Now, Amber is overall pretty healthy, but she does have a few health concerns that we are monitoring right now. In addition to her dental disease, she has a low-grade heart murmur. She also has a history of neck pain that flares up from time to time, so we manage that as needed. So before I put Amber under anesthesia, we discussed some screening that we should do with her. For one, we are doing blood work to make sure organ screening comes out okay. And for two, we're discussing sending her for an echocardiogram. And if not that, at minimum, we'll do some chest x-rays on her to assess her heart. Now, why do I do all of this? I do this for any pet if it's warranted. But I especially want to do this in our senior dogs. Oftentimes, when senior dogs have an illness or a disease starting, it's not obvious on the outside. Physical exams can help pick up on a lot of diseases, but more often than not, screening tests are needed to pick up these diseases. There are a lot of really great non-invasive diagnostic tests that can help pick up on illnesses, such as blood work and x-rays, and I have a future podcast dedicated to talking about screening for diseases in our senior dogs because there are so many non-invasive ways that we can do that, and I want to encourage senior pet parents to use those. Another example is with my own dog, Becca, who is a senior lab mix that is now about 15 years of age. When she was about 13 and a half, I was considering doing a dental on her. Now, the average lifespan for a lab is somewhere between 10 to 14 years of age. That's not an official number, guys. That's just my impression from what I see in the hospital. And when I was considering doing her dental, I didn't really know how much longer I'd have with Becca, if it was going to be a year, a few months. But the truth is that she's now 15 and we've been blessed. Before her dental though, I did a full workup on Becca to include blood work and x-rays of both her chest and her abdomen. She looked fine at home guys. So why did I do this? Well, it takes me back to the point I made earlier where we don't know how long we'll have with senior dogs. And before I do a dental on Becca and put her under anesthesia, I want to make sure there is nothing obvious that I should know about. So doing this with our senior dogs before procedures can be invaluable. And that sums up my three tips that I want you guys to consider for dogs going under anesthesia. Lastly, if you haven't done so yet, please take a moment to hit subscribe to my podcast to make sure you don't miss an episode here with me. I so enjoy having each of you here with me on the mission to help improve the lives of senior dogs everywhere. Until next time, I hope you and your senior dog have an amazing day. 